0: If there is one thing all of us have in common is that we spend a portion of our lives waiting. We wait at restaurants to get a meal. Some places are so notorious for making us wait, like doctor's offices, they have waiting rooms. We wait at red lights, in line for movie tickets to getting past airport security. The list goes on. We wait so much, there is research that shows we spend an average of at least six months of our lives waiting. And if you're in trucking, more specifically a driver, chances are you may spend many hours each month waiting to get your truck loaded or unloaded. The bad news, this is getting worse, but the good news is it's finally getting some attention. Welcome to the Eyes on the Road podcast presented by PrePass Safety Alliance, the provider of PrePass way station bypass and toll payment services. PrePass also includes informed dashboards for improving safety scores and lowering toll-related costs. I'm Evan Lockridge. The subject of drivers having to wait long periods at shippers has long been a sore point within the trucking industry and is a big problem. However, the first step in solving any problem is to identify the issues surrounding it. Well, that has happened when it comes to long wait times for truckers, or what the American Transportation Research Institute calls driver detention. This non-profit research group, which got its start more than six decades ago, has released the results of a four-year study on the topic of driver detention that has not only uncovered some interesting results, but holds the possibility of helping reduce excessive wait times for truck drivers. Joining me by phone to discuss this is the organization's Senior Vice President, Dan Murray. Dan, welcome to Eyes on the Road. Always a pleasure, Evan. Well, Dan, to begin with, how did ATRI perform this study, and what were some of the key findings?
1: Well, as you can imagine, we undertook this work with the direction of our research advisory committee several years back. We started sort of a baseline data collection among thousands of motor carrier executives and truck drivers. And the initial baseline data you know, told us the situation was really quite severe in terms of the impact of detaining drivers at shipper and receiver facilities. We now sort of call them customer facilities because it, it's a catch-all. But what we did is we waited then a couple more years because we knew the ELD mandate was coming. And then we did a second data collection, primarily focused, uh, again, motor carrier executives, as well as we went to the Mid-America Truck Show and collected up hundreds of more driver surveys. And then the goal was to sort of juxtapose the first baseline data collection effort with the the newest collection just from a year ago to see, number one, is there a change in the severity of driver detention? And if so, can we figure out what's precipitating that, you know, particularly things beyond just a good economy? And so we looked at things like ELD impacts and what role technology plays in terms of helping or hurting with detention. Uh, but at the end of the day, detention is getting worse and it's becoming very, very costly to both motor carriers, and truck drivers.
0: Based on the study, were you able to quantify just how bad excessive detention time has gotten for both drivers and fleets?
1: Yeah. Now, there's a lot of numbers, Evan. I'm going to try to protect you from you know, dozens and dozens of stats, but um, we were able to see, uh, number one, total detention um, across both the original data collection time period in the 2018 and it did go up. For instance, across the two time periods, about 27% from originally the t- 2014 to 2018, and that's a 27% increase in six or more hours of delay. All categories went up in terms of delay, but in particular, we saw the you know four plus hours and six plus hour detention times increasing, and those become very very costly. Uh, we certainly know that carriers and drivers are attempting to recoup some of those costs in the form of detention fees. They've become much more popular than they used to be. But even there, we're not at sort of call it a 100% recoupment. We're charging an average of about $63.71 per hour to the customers when they're detaining us over two hours. But our average cost of having the truck there waiting is almost $67. So, you know, every single time we submit a bill, we're still losing money. And surprisingly, the smaller fleets are not very aggressively using detention fees to recoup losses. It appears that that's sort of a marketing strategy of theirs to compete with the big guys by saying, hey, you know, yes, you're you're detaining us. Yes, you're costing us money but we'll just look the other way. And I I think in a good economy, that's gonna have to change, Evan.
0: Okay, Dan, there's no doubt that according to the study, driver detention is getting worse. My question, why? Well, we know the economy is strong and that always jump-starts
1: detention, but both the economy in 14 and 18 were phenomenal. So we dug into the data, we asked both carriers and drivers why things are worse and what what it takes to make things better. And and the, the stick, of course, is these detention fees that I mentioned. But it looks like essentially the shippers and receivers are not responding to detention times and they're not responding to freight movement increases. So in 14, when detention was bad, you know, I didn't have enough dock workers, um, terminals open. I didn't have enough flexibility in my scheduling uh, in 18, essentially, customers reacted with almost no change. So it was bad in 14. The economy picked up in 18, and there was no response from shippers and receivers in terms of, again, scheduling flexibility into the the appointments, uh, opening up more docks, hiring more workers. So so we, again, saw things getting substantially worse. When, when we then said, well, what in the world could we possibly do about this? A lot of both drivers and carriers said the biggest tool, the biggest opportunity is to have shippers and receivers increase their use of technology. You know, that's always been a a productivity boon when technology comes into play. But in the case of shippers and receivers, the folks that had the fastest turnaround times were using technology to improve scheduling. They were using technology to improve advanced notification of pickup and delivery and trailers being ready. Uh, They were even using automated gate access for some of their dedicated carriers. And those tools all improved turnaround much, much better than those folks who did not use
0: technology. Speaking of technology, Dan, how has the federal mandate that drivers use electronic logging devices rather than paper locks to track their hours of service affected detention time, either positively or negatively? Well, we saw some very interesting trends in the ELD activity
1: it you know on the on the downside it looked like folks who are using ELDs at least initially had longer detention times but the the pro side is ELDs provide empirical irrefutable documentation of just how long the the truck's been sitting there now to the credit if I can say this of the shippers and receivers, it looks like there's sort of a learning curve and call it an, an awareness opportunity because in many instances, we'd say to the shippers and receivers, how long do you think that truck's been there? And they'll say, you know, 30 or 40 minutes. We'll look at the ELD data, or the GPS data and discover the truck's been there for, you know, two hours and 50 minutes. So it's a huge opportunity to sort of educate shippers and receivers on how bad detention really is and and it's not just speculating anymore. The problem is only 17% of truck drivers use the ELD to document for the shipper-receiver how bad the detention was. So this is a big opportunity for us, and I'm just disappointed, you know, that number, 17% are taking advantage of that, uh, is so small. I think it'll improve this December when everyone's 100% ELDs, and we sort of learn that tool is going to come back, and, and frankly, one of the carriers told us they print out their ELD documentation and staple it to the detention fee invoice. Because at that point, you know, you don't have to argue and negotiate, you know, the data are what the data
0: are. Now, among the other findings in the ATRI study is what you discovered regarding detention time and female drivers. Tell us what you found, Dan. Yeah, well,
1: in a lot of our research, and it's certainly not an epiphany, of Evan, we, we see differences between male and female drivers. So, you know, truck drivers always have, you know, differences in how they operate and approach the industry and attitudes. But when it comes to female truck drivers, male truck drivers, we're seeing differences in the detention data itself. For instance, uh, based on the data collection we undertook, it appears that women are about 83% more likely in terms of probability of being detained six or more hours than, than men are. Now, in the short time periods of detention, you know, zero to two hours, men are being detained longer or more frequently. But after that, all of a sudden it seems to target women. So we, we added a test that was very, very critical, which is we put together a list of over a dozen women truck drivers and developed a telephone interview with them and said, what the heck's going on here? And interestingly enough, they said it probably is not sexism and bias at the dock because in most instances you pull the truck back and the dock workers can see the back of the trailer and they have no idea who's in the cab. So what they do surmise is that it might be more of an attitude um, among women you know, towards patients and being less aggressive. They, they did describe their male counterparts as being much more intolerant of delays and rattling cages and demanding loading and unloading. Uh, and the women were much more patient. Understood that, you know, somebody's doing their best, and and they'd sit tight. There's some people don't agree with that hypothesis, but when we go look at our crash predictor data, which is another very robust data analysis we released this past spring for the third iteration, 450,000 unique truck tr- truck driver records, we discovered that women were safer than male drivers in every st- statistically significant category. So that kind of hints that maybe women drivers are more patient. Unfortunately, when they're patient at the dock, it costs them money in the form of detention. Fortunately, when they're patient on the road, it reduces crashes and safety critical events. And, you know, that generates ROI for both the driver and the carrier.
0: Dan, with all this evidence that driver detention time is getting worse, I'm thinking surely there must be an effect on truck safety, isn't there? Well, the argument would be when drivers are paid by the mile
1: and the large majority of drivers, particularly over the road drivers are still paid uh by the mile, sitting still whether it's in traffic congestion or at a shipper facility generates zero wages in my in my pocket. So it is a very costly proposition for drivers and the argument might be, well, will they go make up for, you know, lost time, lost miles by speeding faster? and while this particular survey and motor carrier analysis didn't didn't document it, you know, by calculating speeds, we did ask has it affected your ability to comply with hours of service? And you know, a huge percentage, 3 quarters or more of drivers and carriers said yes, it does impact compliance with hours of service. And then when we went and looked at separate data sets, for instance, the percentage of speeding tickets between our last two crash predictor reports, it turns out that speeding in all categories, you know, five miles over posted, 10 over, 15 over posted, did go up from about five and a half percent of the citations issued in the, the, the second uh, crash predictor up to six and a half. So it's not a big jump, but speeding tickets did go up in that same general time period. So it might add weight to the fact that safety could be negatively impacted uh, by detaining a driver at a facility and then potentially having that driver try to make up for lost wages by driving faster. So this research sees some indications that there's a, a negative impact on the driver's operations and hours of service. It doesn't quite document that you know trucks are going above posted speed limits.
0: Now, Dan, not long before the ATRI results about the Driver Detention Survey were released, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration put out a request for information about driver wait times at shippers and receivers. Now, the ATRI survey has gotten a lot of people talking recently, and now we've got FMCSA looking into the same issue. With more attention being paid to the issue of driver detention, what hopes do you have that the issue will actually see some action?
1: Well, if we roll up our sleeves, Evan, the, the first thing we have to do on the ATRI side is disseminate this research and the findings and, and strategies far and wide, and that means going beyond the trucking industry. For the trucking industry, you know, we we provide guidance in terms of how much they should be charging for detention fees and who should be charging, and that should be pretty much everyone, and then how they can sort of manage the relationship of sorts. But but we also go beyond the in the trucking industry to the shipper receiver community by telling them in a list of recommendations what they could do to turn this detention around basically cycle trucks in and out much much faster we talk about how they shouldn't be using trailers as real time storage we talk about using technology to improve scheduling notification we look at the idea of off hours scheduling and flexible scheduling so that it's not just a nine to five you know, proposition. And all of those are are tools in the toolbox. I think it's going to require every single carrier and every single shipper receiver to say, where is my detention coming from? What's the underlying cause? And then focus on that immediately. And that will be a little different depending on you know, small versus large facilities, small versus large fleets. But we're going to start a a pretty important outreach now, Evan, where we're going to get out to the shipper receiver communities. Uh, In most instances, I said, there's a, a pretty big learning curve between how long trucks are really being detained versus the perception. And there's a big delta between those two, as we say in research. So I think now our job is to educate inform both communities, trucking and shipper receivers. And I think we can make some inroads. And I I think the docket that FMCSA had out there, frankly, was a big reality pill and a a wake up for the shippers receivers saying this is a serious enough issue that the federal government's investigating its impact. Uh, And at that point, I'm hopeful that carrots work better than sticks and incentives work better than disincentives.
0: That is Dan Murray with the American Transportation Research Institute. Dan, thanks very much. Always good to talk with you, Evan. Have a great day. And you can read about the driver detention survey by going to the ATRI website at truckingresearch.org. While you're online, be sure to check out the PrePass blog and resources library at prepass.com, where you can also read more about trucking industry topics. On the PrePass blog, you can also listen to previous installments of this podcast, or you can subscribe to it there, as well as through your favorite podcasting service. Don't forget to keep up with PrePass on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. This has been Eyes on the Road, presented by pre Safety Alliance. I'm Evan Lockridge. Thank you for listening, and remember to keep your eyes on the road.